0: I'm Gail King. I'm Andrea Day. I'm Diane Gibbons. I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I'm Jameela Jamal. I'm Anita Hill. I'm Brenda Chapman. I'm Alana Glazer. And this is Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio. Hello again, R.L. Stein Story Club members. I'm Ivy, your ghostly host and keeper of those strange and spooky tales from the hidden vault of R.L. Stein. Today is another chilling tale. This eerie tale, Story Club members, might make you never wanna eat corn again. It's one I call corn stalking. A week in the country. Tyler Carson wasn't sure what to think about that. His best friend, Brad Ritter, had moved last spring out to a big farmhouse 50 miles away. Tyler and Brad kept in touch over the school year with hopes they could spend time together over the summer break. Tyler never would have thought a town kid like Brad would have adjusted to becoming Farmer Brown out in the sticks, but it seems he had. So weird. Before the move, Brad was always into playing video games and going to the local pool and mall. Now he was getting up early and doing chores like feeding chickens, milking cows, and operating irrigation lines before going to school each morning. It made Tyler tired just thinking about it. You can help me with my morning chores, Brad had said. Yeah, great, Tyler thought. Then when it gets too hot, maybe we can go tubing down the river, pick out on snacks and play video games. You still play video games, right? Tyler asked. Of course, Brad said with a laugh. I just moved to the country, I didn't die. Tyler's mom pulled onto a dusty road that led up to the Ritter farmhouse. Surrounding the old house was a sea of corn stalks as far as the eye could see. Tyler marveled at all the greenery. There wasn't anything like this in the city. Then his eyes focused on a man standing out in the middle of the field. He loomed over all the corn, wearing a dark felt hat, bib overalls, and a blue flannel shirt. The man smiled at him, a fixed smile that was sewn onto his burlap bag face. A scarecrow. Tyler did not like the look of the thing. It creeped him out and gave him a bad vibe. I guess that was the point of a scarecrow, to scare things off, except he wasn't a bird. He adjusted his Seattle Mariners cap on his head and turned away. Tyler's mom pulled up to Brad's house. He jumped out of his mom's car, grabbed his bags, and told her goodbye. He was gonna have a good time in the country, he hoped. Brad came out of the house. Hey loser, hey loser yourself, help me with my bags. Brad took Tyler inside the house and they lugged his bags to the guest bedroom, which was right next to Brad's. Brad's dad was out in the shop fixing a combine and his mom was in town. What do we do now? Tyler asked. Well, whatever we want now. We don't have anything to do for the farm until tomorrow morning. Then we have to get up early and feed chickens and a few other things. The good news is that with you helping me, we'll be done in no time. Then we'll have the rest of the day for fun. For starters, Tyler and Brad put on their swimming trunks. They grabbed some inner tubes from the shop, said hi to Brad's dad, and then headed to the stream, which was at the edge of the property. The problem was they had to pass that creepy scarecrow. What's the problem? Brad asked. Tyler nodded to the scarecrow. Oh, don't be afraid of Norm. He's the guardian of the fields. He's pretty creepy looking. Yeah, he is, but he does his job really well. Do you see any birds eating the corn? Guess not. How can one scarecrow cover all this acreage? He just does. We didn't make him. He came with the old place. Old man Masterson who lived here before us gave specific instructions about Norm. Like what? When to put Norm out in the fields, and when to bring him in. When to change out his shirts, not letting him get too raggedy, that kind of thing. That seems kind of weird and random. Yeah, but it's what the old guy wanted. A starling fluttered through the cloudless blue sky and landed on Norm's dusty hat. Tyler turned away for a moment and then peered back at the scarecrow. The bird was gone. And a few black feathers drifted down in front of Norm to the ground. And one of the Scarecrow's arms seemed like it was in a different position than before. Did that Scarecrow just eat the bird? Would you stop obsessing about Norm, dude? We've got a stream to drift. Tyler adjusted his Mariner's ball cap and tried to forget about the unsettling Scarecrow. The boys spent the day drifting down the stream. The heat and sun and all the walking they had to do to get back home had worn Tyler out. After a home-cooked meal with the Ritter family and an hour of video games with Brad, Tyler was ready for bed, especially since he learned they had to be up at five in the morning with the rising sun. Ugh. In the middle of the night, however, Tyler found himself wide awake. He could not go back to sleep. He went into the living room to watch some TV, but then he was afraid that the noise might wake up everybody else in the house. The moon was fat and full in the August night sky. The sea of corn looked silvery in the light, Then, he realized that Norm was gone. Where the scarecrow was supposed to be, it was only a pole sticking straight up that held him into place. Had he fallen over in the night, or was he walking around, stalking around amongst the cornstalks? Tyler shuddered at the thought. He went to Brad's room, but he wasn't in his bed. Where did his friend go? Tyler went to Brad's parents' room next. They weren't in their bed either. What was going on? Then Brad, in his pajamas, rushed into the house. Hey, Tyler, come out to the shop, it's an emergency. Before Tyler could ask anything about the missing scarecrow, his friend grabbed his arm. Come on. They both ran out to the shop, which was a corrugated tin building. The lights burned inside. Tyler couldn't believe his eyes. A large metal work table had candles around it. Norm, the scarecrow, stood over it, his long flannel arms wide. Brad's parents were there as well, wearing their bathrobes. It appeared they were holding some kind of candlelight ceremony. Weird. You see, Brad said, it's like this. Norm must eat your soul. Once every year, during the full moon, a sacrifice must be made. Last year, we fed old man Masterson's soul to Norm, and we had a bountiful harvest in a profitable year. It's nothing personal, my friend. It's what has to be. It's just good business. You're crazy, Tyler said, all of you. He ran for the door, but slipped on a grease spot and fell against the hard concrete floor. Everything went black. The Ritters filed a missing person report, but the authorities assumed that Tyler Carson had accidentally drowned in the stream, even though they never found any trace of him. And Norm the scarecrow that lives in the field? Well, he was now wearing a Seattle Mariners ball cap on his head and his stitched smile seemed wider than before. Much wider. Whoa, okay. That tail even freaked me out. Let's now calm down, people. Are you with me? Join me in heading over to the Go Kid Go network to check out some less horrifying stories, like Bobby Wonder, about a 10 year old alien who has to protect the town of Flugerville from villainous Mighty Mila, and Lucy Wow over in the Big Red Barn inventing all sorts of cool stuff with her mechanical pygmy goat, Kapow, and Martha and Waffle being totally hilarious nitwits in the underground world of Fluesville. Just search for Bobby Wonder, Lucy Wow, or Fluesville wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll find your way to a great time. And of course, join me back here tomorrow for another eerie episode, because every R.L. Stein Story Club member needs a little scare every day. Ivy out! Go, Kid, go!